What's up, football-loving maniacs? Time for another playoff edition of Three Honest Lads, and watch out, the big bad wolf, the team that rules the Western Conference that everybody fears. Phoenix Rising is in the house. And with us, special guest, interim head coach Blair Gavin. I'm getting right into it. Blair, I know the last thing you want to be doing on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon, evening, nighttime is spending time with me. So thank you very much, sir. <laughs> I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for the intro. Blair, you've kind of been um, you, you've been through everything with Phoenix. Obviously, a player going back to 2016. You spent plenty of time um, in MLS, transitioning to USL at the end of your career. National experience, assistant coach, now the interim. Talk to me about, and this has kind of been my first question for everyone. Talk to me about the journey and the transition that this team has been through, starting all the way back in March to now playoff time. One of 16 remaining teams. Oh, yeah, man. It seems like ages ago uh, back in that time. But, you know, we came out of preseason from really good, played a lot of uh, quality MLS sides, and, you know, started the season off uh, against Portland and we're flying. Uh, obviously came to a screeching halt and it was difficult. We we lost the best uh, time of the year with the weather. And then once we got back, we hit right into the summer months, which is uh, very difficult for players to get adjusted to, especially off of, um, you know, what was a break and the uncertainty moving forward. Uh, but credit to these guys, they've stuck with it. They, we found out games were on the horizon, which made everyone excited. And, you know, week by week, I felt like the team progressed and got better. And, um, it's been a grind. It's been a challenge, but this team has shown resilience throughout. Coach, take me back for a second, because this is a team coming into 2020 after the 2019 year, points record, 20 wins in a row, goals. I mean, pretty much everything. And defensively, you guys locked it up as well. What was it like, General Manager Bobby Dooley, your coaching staff, what was it like in the offseason, and how did you address areas that you feel like you guys needed to get better because you had done so well in the previous season minus the trophy? Yeah, I mean, once you're – it's a good question. I mean, once you're working on the day-to-day and week-to-week – kind of thing you just notice that there's always improvements right you always can tell from a game analyzing a game where we can be better how we can you know perform and you look back at the season we had and yes it was fantastic and it's um something that we're very proud of at this club and uh something that we're you know striving to, to continue to do well but we felt as if you know we need to progress as well all the teams are you know gunning for us there's a lot of teams um, who have increased uh, their ability on the field as well. And, you know, it's something that if we're not progressing, then we're standing still. And in this league, um, that means you're going backwards. Blair, talk to me about Rufat Dadashov. You know, you lose Adam John. It seems like every single year a good thing, but also a bad thing for the club. Some of these guys are getting the opportunity to go elsewhere. It was Chris Cortez. It was Adam John. You get another replacement to come in, a different look for sure but it feels like a seamless transition. What has that been like for you guys in the number nine position? Yeah, it's been nice to work with Rufat. He's, you know, top professional in first out last, making sure his, you know, he's ready to go from a fitness perspective. And then just to work with him and see his uh, tactical and technical um, execution has been fantastic. I mean, when we were looking at forwards and Adam, John and Chris, they kind of started, and then we also had a decent one too, Didier. So, you know, we've had the number nine and we know what we're looking for in that position. And Rufat ticked a lot of those boxes when we were scouting him. And so when he came in here, it's always, can he get accustomed to 
a new country? Can you get accustomed to new teammates? And what's great about Rufat is he comes in, he works extremely hard every day, earns the respect of his teammates. And um, one way he does that as well is by putting the ball in the back of the net. And uh, he's very exceptional at that. Everybody talks about the front three, and I understand that. But I want to talk about the engine room. Jordan Schweitzer, John Beccaro, Sam Stanton. We can throw Santi Moar's name in there. Joey Kalistri, Kevin Lambert, Jack Barbie. You have to feel, from a coaching staff perspective, like kids in a candy store come selection time for the team sheet. Uh, yes, and it is also difficult because you do have so many talented guys, and um, that midfield is uh, exceptional. We like what they can do on the offensive side, uh, as you see, and Sam really flourish uh, in that position. And then also defensively, the amount of ground that they we asked them to cover um, is not easy by any means, but you know, you got a guy like Kev Lambert who just eats ground and Jordan who's come into, um, the team and can play any one of those roles. Uh, it's a nice, uh, nice thing to have. All right. This is going to get personal. How difficult is it given being the interim manager? Is it to keep Corey Robertson quiet on the sideline? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want him to, he brings so much enthusiasm. <laughs> he cares so much. It's, uh, it's a good thing when he's speaking and if he's quiet, then I'm worried. a boy. Love that. Let's talk about the opponent. Uh, Sacramento Republic, of course, one that you guys are familiar with in terms of seasons past. As mentioned, from a player and a coach, you've been involved in all of it for quite some time now, but didn't have the opportunity to play him this year. Um, It's got to be more difficult from a scouting standpoint, not having that firsthand experience. But at the same point in time, in this day and age, with all the access to videos and, and what you guys can break down, talk to me about the opponent, what you guys like about them, and maybe some areas that you feel like you could break them down. Yeah, that's uh, with this year, it's been tough and not directly paying Sacramento. You can, you know, watching the film, you can kind of say, okay, well, we've played these guys and, uh, this guy, you know, he matches up here, he matched up like this. So it's a lot of guessing, right? But what you do see from the film is how talented this team is from an attack perspective. I mean, they're sent four. they got about seven guys who would play on a lot of teams throughout the league. And, they can change the game just by moving a piece on the other side. You know, you got Belmar, you got uh, Bjev, Formella, Roro, um, Awasa, Frank Lopez, um, Sam Werner. I mean, it's a, a wealth of options. And then in the midfield, you got Andrew Wheeler, you got Scundrich, you got Villarreal. I mean, it's a it's a team full with talented guys and with a historic club that has shown success and knows what success looks like. Um, we're really excited to to play against them and uh, have the opportunity to play against those guys. Blair, going back through your career, and I talked a little bit about, it, of course, coming out of Akron, the Zips. Um, you know, you started at IMG. It's Chivas. It's Atlanta Silverbacks, Seattle, T2, Phoenix Rising. Again, the, the youth national team. Obviously, not COVID. No one's had experience in terms of that. But have you ever experienced anything where you've had to navigate troubled waters like not a pandemic, but there's quarantining or there's something set away where maybe you guys are isolated a bit more because of the press or anything like that, that you can have an impact on your team? Or is this a first for you guys? Um, Yeah, this is a first. This is this is definitely a first. And um, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Most most difficult thing, most difficult thing you've ever faced coaching wise. Um, Yeah, for sure. How about the dressing room? Um, the boys, an opportunity now. This is a team, you know, I, it's the rebrand in 17, and you gain some momentum, right? In 2018, 
some new players, some faces change. You guys get all the way to the final, fall just a bit short, just that one goal by Luke Spencer in the 62nd minute. Record-breaking season of 19. You get knocked off by the Monarchs. You go on to win the thing. And now 2020, you're right there. You finish second in the Western Conference, only behind Reno. What's the thought like with the boys right now? Yeah, I think um, this year has, like I said, one from the earliest question, has been long. It's been challenging. It's been a grind. Um, But we've really focused in on now that throughout this entire time, we've done a a really nice job of earning one more week of football. Um, That's what we've done through this regular season. And we're really, you know, relinquishing the fact that we do get to play one more week of football. We do have one more game and it is against a quality opponent. So all the guys are very focused in on this game and, you know, hopefully we can be together again for another week after this. And so we're taking it day by day and one game, uh, one game at a time. Out of curiosity, outside of him being a coach and, you know, just standing on the other side of the technical area, do you have any relationship with Mark Briggs by chance? Uh, no, I don't, but I've admired the teams that he's had, you know, with the Monarchs and, um, and now Sacramento that he always plays a nice brand of football and it's always been, um, producing, you know, winning sides. So I have, you know, a lot of, um, you know, respect for how he goes about and sets up his teams. And, um, I'm excited to, to coach against him. Coach, I'm one of the fortunate few, and I'm, I'm beyond grateful for all the time that you guys always give us to get a peek behind the curtain. And I know that when Peter Ramage took off that the information relayed to us that you were more involved in the day-to-day training sessions and things like that, Corey would take on set pieces. Does that still hold true right now? Uh, yes, it does. Um, obviously, there's <laughs> Rambo leaving. Um, I'm sure he was very modest in what he said, uh, but you know, losing him was losing a lot. And also with Rick gone, you know, losing the head coach uh, temporarily is challenging because of all the the weight he carries as well. So um, Corey um, and myself and Steve Cook has been helping us out a lot is, you know, we're we're doing the best we can over here. And, um, you know, along with all the other staff members and, you know, I'm very thankful for that. Seeing it firsthand, I know Rambo likes to jump in in the training sessions. True or false? In his absence, <laughs> you now you now jump in to get involved. Uh, false, but I will jump in from a rondo from time to time. Ah, uh, there you go. Does, does, does Corey still jump in for like little sessions and goal, or is he just yelling at everybody? No, he's yelling and uh, smashing balls. He has a fun job. Love it. I love to always go um, cross conference here. I feel like I've heard more this year than other years that coaches have had the opportunity, maybe it's because of scheduling or because of the um, finite schedule that teams have been given, although in a small time frame and very difficult, that they've seen the East a bit more than years past. Does that ring true for Phoenix Rising? Uh, for me, not personally. Uh, I, I catch it when I can, um, but most of my attention, especially the video work, is done for the teams that we're playing, and uh, I haven't been able to analyze as well as I'd like to. Almost done, brother. Um, in the Western Conference, if you guys are able to take down Sacramento Republic, and let's say for some giggles, Reno takes down L.A., is there any conversation in the back room right now of a bit of retribution given the 2-1 loss you guys experienced a couple weeks ago and the opportunity that may arise in about 10 days' time? Uh, you know, what we've talked about is how the games that we got and the crossovers that we have is two exceptional teams, you know, and I, I think L.A. will 
certainly give them a run for their money and uh, they're a quality side and uh, Reno Tech. I mean, it's those two teams that you just know that are, are difficult opponents. So um, yeah, right now it's Sacramento and that's all our energy because if we don't give all our energy to those guys, it, it could be a long night. Blair, I'm taking it a step further. If you guys come out of the West, <laughs> you guys, you guys want to go play Louisville again, right? You know, I was going to ask it. <laughs> well, ever since you brought up the 62 minute goal by Luke Spencer, uh, you brought me back <laughs> to a place, but, uh, no, I mean, they're fantastic side and there's others, you know, uh, along the East that are good and, if we can make it to a final, um, which we're hoping, and um, then whoever it may be will be a good game, and we'll look forward to that challenge. There you go, interim head coach Blair Glavin. Of excuse me, Blair Gavin. It's you know it's early. I haven't even had a bourbon yet, and I'm already stumbling. My apologies. Blair Gavin, interim head coach of Phoenix Rising. Blair, as always, brother. Thank you so much for your time, buddy. Best of luck. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Cheers, coach.